And what is up, everyone? I am Joe DeHoyos. I am host of Beyond the Woodline. Before we get started, I always like to talk about my little my little Bigfoot stuff that I've got going on. For those of you guys who don't know, I am the executive director for the JRG, which is a Jevening Research Group. And uh, we're, we're a Bigfoot group, man. We, we, we uh, research all over the country. We have teams all over the country. Um, we have teams in, I got my list right here. I didn't, I usually have it open, but here, anyway, we have teams in Washington, Oregon, West Virginia, Maryland, Ohio, Michigan, Tennessee, New York state, Minnesota, and of course here in Texas. So if you guys are interested in joining a Bigfoot team man, let me know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk on the phone or whatever, and, uh, we'll get you started. Whether or not you go into the field is totally up to you. You can do research from your phone, from your laptop, PC, whatever. You don't have to go out to the field. We don't require that. Um, you know, you can help us out any way you can, whether it's finding witnesses, finding hot spots, finding the history of locations, things like that. So uh, if you want to help out, just connect with me at beyond.woodline at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, and we'll go from there. So I know you guys don't listen to the show to hear me ramble on. Tonight I got with me Ben from Are They Really Here? What's going on, Mr. Ben? Hey Joe, thanks for thanks for having me on. I'm uh, really excited, and I absolutely love anything uh, anything mysterious. So Bigfoot, aliens, you name it, I've got an interest in it. My uh, my specialty is it's definitely more geared towards UFOs and aliens, but I'm really excited to be on here today. So thank you, Joe. Thanks yeah, for man, the not, man, dude, it was great talking to you. It's been great communicating with you. You know, dude, you're a cool. You're you're really one of the coolest guys on on TikTok, uh, and. Uh, uh, you've got a lot of people that follow you, and I think that, that that's a reflection of uh, of your channel, man. Um, yeah. So, real quick, what got you into this field? So, the, I mean, there's a few there's a few different aspects of my life that led me. I think I was almost not destined, but it just there are so many external forces that kind of pushed me into being interested in it, interested in it, in, in it to begin with. So I've always had a curiosity about astronomy as well as ancient civilizations, but the biggest thing probably would be my dad was really into it. Uh, as a kid, we really bonded over UFO documentaries and, and conversations about what could be out there. Um, and uh, that led me to just being not quite obsessed, but being very interested. It was one of those things I, I dove into, but um, the biggest aspect of my my childhood and, and upbringing was actually seeing a uap in person um and that was probably one of the most insane insane encounters i've ever had i was uh, uh just to go into the story if you're all right hearing it joe um i was uh, i was about 15 16 years old i was with a group of friends we we're hanging out in a park it was a late summer night a beautiful night out and we're all having a good time probably about between six to ten of us and uh, i noticed two bright lights in the sky and they were brighter than any star. And it wasn't an airplane because it was hovering in one place. Or the two were hovering in one place. But they were circling each other like this. And uh, moving in very odd positions. Nothing that a plane could do, a helicopter. This was around 2010, 2011. So commercial drones weren't really a thing then. Neither were. I mean, drones were a thing. But they were those dinosaur-looking plane things, right? They Like what we saw in Interstellar. And so we watched for a while. And suddenly, one of the orbs uh, broke like a cell. Like it split like a cell. It went like pop. And now there were three and the three of them were dancing around. That's the best word I can come up with to describe their movement. But they were dancing with each other almost and we're all watching. And to this day, I can't explain it. Um, the best way I could 
possibly visualize it is the longbow patchy 2a1 footage if, if anybody is curious go hunt that down on youtube it's it's uh, fairly easy to find about the two minutes 33 seconds it, it performs similar but still nothing like that um so that's probably the second thing another thing when i was i was younger i also was really interested in uh I really like music, so Blink-182, Tom DeLonge's been a very big force within um, the the topic of the phenomenon, so I kind of followed him. Though I might not agree with some of his views uh, these days, he still was a very uh, very powerful presence in my upbringing as well. So the, the, I would say that's the trifecta right there. My dad seeing a UAP and then uh, just music kind of brought me into it. Yeah. yeah, you know, that's interesting that you talked about your sighting because I had a very similar sighting. I was actually out uh, bigfooting with my buddy Walter, and afterwards, we, we went to his house because I parked my truck over there. And uh, so I went back to get my truck. We were outside talking a little bit. And we saw these two lights in the sky coming towards each other like that. And then they did a couple of circles. And then they just went their own separate ways. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah, that was pretty interesting that, that you said that. And, of course, I think I told you about when I was fishing. It, man, it's probably a good 30 years ago at least. Uh, yes, I'm that old. Um I was uh not nah, maybe closer to twenty, but uh we were uh fishing and the gentleman that I was with, he was maybe, I don't know, forty, fifty feet to my right. He goes, Hey Joe, look what's that? And he points up to the sky and we see a craft, a freaking craft, you know. And this sucker was just so slow, uh no wobble to it, super super smooth, no lights, no sound. And a few miles down the road, there's a small uh uh, uh, airstrip where the smaller single-engine planes come in, and you can hear them coming in. This thing was right above us; we couldn't hear anything. But that was, yeah. So that was completely silent, eh? Completely silent, man. It was, it was one of the craziest things. Uh, I think I sent you a picture of that too. That, of what you know, we only saw the bottom of it, so so that was all that we could really see. But yeah, that was that was a pretty cool night for us, and uh, uh, that was like my. Uh, official entry to the ufo world you know even though i always I always believed in that kind of stuff you know uh it, it was always cool man um so like what's one of your favorite whether it's stories or encounters that that you personally have have heard that's a great question um lately it's been probably the virginia ufo story but i won't get into that because that's oversaturated at the, at the moment uh probably if i would had to pick it would be between either the dulce base wars which is we're getting pretty far into the conspiracy theory territory but i just find it so fascinating with um uh, one of the gentlemen involved phil schneider his credentials are verified um either that or the Combergus ufo incident uh, in which uh dr roger lear went out to turkey for ufo hunting very involved with uh, implants and things like that and actually got uh, a, a footage of uh potential beings in a craft one of one of the two so Probably, probably Dulce though. But which one? Which one would you like me to dive into, Joe? Do the Dulce because I like that one too. But you probably are a little bit more. Uh, uh, you probably know a lot better than I do. So, and that's actually perfect because it, it's really the story that launched. Uh, are they really here? If it wasn't for Dulce, are they really here? Wouldn't exist. So, um, just to get into a little background on are they really here as well. So, I've, I've been doing are they really here for about a year. Um, I just first started uh, just kind of doing fun videos going into um, the different either UFO sightings or stories. And Dulce was one that fascinated me just because of the insanity. Um, so I, I did a video on it. And uh, the, the first place we got to start with Dulce to explain what it is, is Dulce is uh, theorized to be a deep underground military base that is hidden under Dulce, New Mexico. Um, it's 
a very deep, apparently nine levels. And there was an engineer who worked on the base named Bill Schneider. And this was late seventies. Um, and his credentials have been verified. They are out there. Um, and he noticed some strange gas coming out of the base at the time. And he decided to go investigate. And while he went into the base, he encountered two large, tall, what he uh, described as great aliens. Um, and, you know, you or I, we, we, we love this stuff. We love the aliens. But I, I can guarantee you, if we encountered one person, we'd probably have a little bit of a panic, right? You're not used to seeing it, right? And Bill didn't have any, uh, have any idea what he was going to encounter down under in the first level. And he encounters these two beings. His first reaction is to shoot at one of them. Um, and obviously these extraterrestrials weren't too happy about that. And what led to that is what led into a firefight between these two extraterrestrials and an entire team of special forces. So there was about probably 60 to hundred green berets. I know 60 was apparently the body count of these green berets that got in a, a firefight with these extraterrestrials and Phil, Phil escaped with some missing fingernails or missing toenails. He, he had like a hole blasted in his chest. Um, I, I believe he developed cancer after as well. And he, he sat on this story for about uh, 10 to 15 years. And he decided to come out about it in the early 90s and, uh, and did a press conference on it and told the world about it. He got into some other deeper conspiracy theories as well. But I've always found the fact that his credentials are verified. And you compare him to a, Bob, a guy like Bob Lazar, who I completely believe Bob Lazar is, is a very interesting individual. But his credentials can't be verified. And, you know, that's probably government interference trying to make sure that his involvement in Area 51 and S4 are under wraps. But Bill came out told the world about this and within a year of coming out and telling the world about this his uh he he, he took his own life which i've talked to one of his uh, closest friends and he said that would never have happened bill would never have taken his own life he apparently had choked himself with a catheter um and they said bill would not go out like that he warned us if he went out like that they they would th that somebody was out to get him and uh, you know within a year of of coming out and disclosing this type of stuff um that's that's a pretty big coincidence uh, you know the the story is quite out there, so I, I do I do have some skepticism, but it's just one of those stories. Dulce, there's cattle mutilations going around, and Bigfoot's been sighted around. Dulce, there's always been an air of mystery behind it, so it's one of my favorite stories because it has all of those aspects of the paranormal and the phenomenon, right? So um, that's that's basically Dulce in a nutshell. There's some other aspects too, like uh, Tom Costello, a security guard at the base, came out and said that they're using it as some type of hybrid facility. Um, again, we're getting we're getting in the real weeds here, but um, that that's a, allegedly what they'll say is for. Right. Yeah. 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 It's always been one of my favorite stories too, uh, and, and it's very similar, I guess, the area to like Skinwalker Ranch, right? Yes. Or uh, what's that other place with the triangle? What's it called? Uh, uh, Bermuda Triangle. Not, no. not the Bermuda Triangle. It's somewhere else. It, 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 it's also. Uh, it'll hit me as soon as we get off the air now, I bet. But it's also another uh, one of those areas that have like paranormal UFO aliens and of course cryptids, you know. So those kind of places always kind of fascinate me. And I was, uh, I would love to go visit one of those places if, if I ever get a chance, you know. Oh, for sure. Um, Bridgewater Triangle is what it is. Sorry, what was it? The Bridgewater Triangle. Bridgewater. Okay, I actually haven't investigated that too much myself. I'll have to, I'll have to dive in after this podcast for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, uh, what got you wanting to do your TikToks? Because, like I said, you're you're a pretty popular guy when it comes to doing your your genre. Uh, what, what made you want to do that? So, the, yeah, this kind of th this story happened uh, 
it's it's quite a bizarre story. So um, as I mentioned, you know, my dad was really interested uh, in it with me and he passed away, unfortunately, early 2020. Um, you know, we were, were kind of expecting that to happen. But uh, one of my childhood best friends who I grew up with is also has a deep fascination with uh, with uh, with UFOs. And uh, he brought up the the idea of starting a podcast together. And I said, that's a great idea. I've always been interested in content creation. I've always loved music and UFOs. I never imagined myself doing something in UFOs in, in the alien sphere. I just loved researching it. It was one of those things, you know, late at night. I always loved putting on the documentaries, but I never imagined myself actually making the content. But um, I said, hey, let's do a UFO podcast for sure. And we sat on it for a couple months. I'm sure you've heard other people too bring up the idea. Let's make a podcast. Very few actually do it. So credits to you for actually getting this up. I know how much work it takes, but every, yeah. everybody has that idea, right? Uh, not everybody has the, the uh, strength to, to get it up and running. But a couple months down the line after that idea was brought up, I decided to start posting some artwork I had made. Like I, I like photo editing and I like creating videos and I posted some artwork to TikTok and within a, a day, and this had nothing to do with aliens, but within a day, it got thousands of views. And I was like, whoa, maybe I can do something here. So I started posting more artwork. I was doing like fake glitches um, on uh, on um, on TikTok, just, just kind of like spooky horror type creative content. And I would always end it with like, are they really here? More so referring to ghosts. But then it just struck me one day. I was like, wait a minute. I can do this for the podcast. Like we could do snippets for this. And I was like, that's, I can, I could call it, are they really here? Um, mostly the, are they really here concept came from how all other top uh, TikTokers would have kind of cryptic questions at the end. Like, are they watching me? And I was like, are they really here? That's the perfect way to do it. But it's a great question because are they really here is fascinating to me because I I'm, I'm one of my other passions is philosophy. And I think that's a big thing that's missing from TikTok is that everybody's out trying to sell truth. They're trying to sell, hey, this is my truth of, of what's going on out there. And I really wanted to present interesting discussions surrounding the phenomenon without trying to force my views down other people's throats. To have the viewer come up with their own uh, decision on what the phenomenon is while still maintaining like a, both a skeptical but optimistic belief about it. So that's kind of how it got started. We would do... Um, Mostly, we didn't have ourselves in the videos at first. Um, and so the other gentleman who, who works with me, his name's Hank. He, he's kind of more behind the scenes. He's done a few videos. You might have seen him do a few videos. But um, we didn't do faces for a while. And then one day I was like, you know what? I just got to be in this. I got to kind of jump in full force. And uh, and I'm, I'm really glad I did because this year has been one of the best years of my life. Cool, man. Yeah. Um, I love that, that you've got a passion for it, too. You know? Thank you. And... Uh, you know, when you're talking, I can hear your 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 voice speed up, and I'm the same way. Like I'm, I'll talk calm and cool, but man, if I'm talking about Bigfoot or paranormal stuff, especially, man, I'll start rattling off, and you can't shut me up. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you were you were doing that when you're on your live. You're like, I know I'm talking fast, you know, and here you are right now. You're talking fast again because you get excited about it, and that's a good thing. You know, I think a lot of people should be excited about what they do because I don't think there's a lot of people that do this kind of stuff that actually really have that passion. You know what I'm saying? Right. They're just clout chasing or money chasing. And yeah, I, so, I can care about either of those. I'm just enjoying what I do and, uh, and having the time of my life, to be honest. And uh, hopefully it answers some questions for me, but it, it's the pursuit of the answer is the funnest part. You know what I mean? Right. And, and that's the same thing while I, why I, why I do the Bigfoot thing, cause I'm looking for answers, but oftentimes you wind up with more questions than you do answers. And that's, part of the fun you know that's part of the fun of it you know um so 
today we had like some major stuff get shaken up right in the UFO world. And you were like the first guy that I saw that had anything about it. So why don't you tell us about what happened? And, and you got a you got a pretty good response off of that. Yeah, I was I was about to say this is a perfect segue. We're we're talking about the are they really here question, and I think today is the closest we've ever been to actually answering that question. So um, to fill in some of the viewers who might not be aware, um, we had an intelligence official, uh, now whistleblower, come out today and uh, testified to Congress that they've been lied to by uh, many factions of the U.S. government that we have these crafts, we have these UAPs. Um, these retrieved crafts from Roswell, Virginia, they had, they didn't specify which incidents, but we have these crafts and they have been determined to have been non-human origin, which means to just put it as simply as possible, we are not the only intelligent life out there. Um, this, this person is uh, uh, David Grush. He's a high ranking uh, Pentagon official. Um, he doesn't, re there's no really apparent reason for him to lie. He's been verified by other, his, his claims have been verified by other intelligence officials. So to put it simply, intelligent life exists other than us. That's that's the bottom line. Right. Yeah. So what do you think that that means for the UFO world and, and not just the UFO world, but for us in general? Well, I mean, the first thing is we're not alone. Uh, the, the truth is out there. It could be closer to home. And what I'm really glad about is that we we now have it's going to allow us to speak about this and not feel like it's a taboo subject. I know with the 2017, um, the, the, the Pentagon acknowledging UFOs was a huge step for us, but this is an even further step for us because now we can still continue this discussion without, uh, you know, people saying, well, it could just be our tech. It could just be military technology that hasn't been declassified yet, which some very well may be the case, but this is this tells us that these crops are coming from somewhere else, whether that be from outer space, whether that be from uh, crypto terrestrials, which um, to to sum it up is a species that is advanced that we're unaware of that exists from our own world, from our own planet, which is another theory that I've been really fascinated by lately. Um, also, we can get into the little bit more out there theories like interdimensional time travel, stuff like that. But the, the, the fact is that these crops are not from here they're exotic is the exact terminology used in the uh, in the leaks yeah 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 that's very interesting it's it's one thing to be from this planet it's another thing to be from somewhere else right mm -hmm. you know? uh and, and yeah i man dude i would love that i would love to like uh uh for us as, as humans to be able to sit there and say hey you know there is other intelligent life and even you know far superior intelligence to ours you know and this sees has a comment from what I think they were sent here to help save our planet and get along with each other. Just my thought. You know, what are your thoughts on when we have visitors? I mean, I, I agree. I don't think there's any use of the fear mongering that I see happen so often with uh, the media. I mean, not so much the media, but other other TikTok or conspiracy theorists as well. There just seems to be this driving force to be so afraid of the unknown. And I, I've never seen anything through. I mean, I've, I've seen a few things that could possibly lead to something bizarre going on. But typically the, the phenomenon, just to, to categorize all this together, uh, seems to be pretty, pretty benevolent, if not neutral. 
Um, you know, they seem to be a bit of tricksters, like um, the, the infamous case with uh, that Robert Salas brought to the public's attention where they actually turned off one of our, uh, our nukes. And at the exact same time, on the opposite side of the world, they turned on a Russian nuke in Soviet Union. This was during the Cold War. And it was almost to let us know that, hey, we have our finger on the button as well. Stop destroying each other. And if anything, I'm more afraid of other like humans that have that type of power than the extraterrestrials. I've never seen anything that, that makes me afraid. And I just think fear is just a, a, something that we as, as a species need to kind of evolve past in order to better understand the unknown and what's out there. So I think that that's kind of to sum it up. I think I'm not too sure why they're here, if they're just observing us, if they're trying to help us. But I don't think it's anything we should be afraid of. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I, I think um, a lot of times they're here to maybe just nudge us in the right direction. Right. You know, maybe right. not not necessarily uh, interfere with us, but maybe just kind of give us a little nudge in the right direction. Right. Um, but going back to the uh, to developments to the developments of today, what was it that they actually said they had? Was it crafts? Was it bodies? So. Just crafts. I, I mean, we do. We're fairly certain they do have bodies. Like if we look at the Virginia case, where uh, the American military did come in and take uh, the craft as well as the body. Um, I, I did, they did just sorry. They did just specify crafts, um, both uh, intact crafts as well as crashed partial uh, aspects of the vehicle. And did they say where these crafts were from? Just that they were non-human intelligence. They didn't get too far into it. Just that Congress has been being lied to about them and that there's some type of um, arms race going on behind the scenes that we're not aware of. Right. Yeah, and I could totally see that too. And uh, um, it's unfortunate if we use their that technology for that. You know. Yeah. Uh, do you think that these crafts that that we've gotten a hold of, was that accidental or was that intentional by the, um, what, what is called ETs? Was that intentional or unintentional, you think? That, that's a great question. And I have seen some some people online hypothesize that the these craft, that they're intentionally crashing these crafts so that we can reverse engineer them, thus speeding up our evolution. Now, th this is getting into something that I always try to stay as close to as close to where I'm at in terms of how much I know, right? Like I, I don't know what their intentions are because obviously I've never talked to an ET, but that I think it's an interesting theory, especially if we look at the missing link of human evolution. It's it's very interesting to think. But I also think that people put the these beings of the phenomenon too far up on a pedestal because just because they have these advanced crafts doesn't mean that they can't crash, right? Just because like if we look at cars, how far we've come with cars in the last hundred years. We can still crash them, right? Where there's still there's still room for biological error. Um, you know, the the safety of the cars has gotten better. But I still think there's a possibility that, especially when they're in unfamiliar terrain, if they're not from this planet or if they're from a different type of ecosystem, that it's very very possible for them to crash their crafts or for them to malfunction. I think that you know any piece of technology or any 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 life any form of life is capable of error. So it, it is really hard to tell. Um, but judging by some of the reports. Like if we look at Virginia, that does not seem intentional. It does seem like the beings were scared when they encountered other humans. I mean, they were captured and then and then tested on. Um, so I don't just judging by that alone, I don't think it was on purpose per se. Okay. Where was the uh, 
the crash. It's, it's something I've heard recently where I guess the soldier carries one of these beings and he gets like the slime on him or whatever. And he winds up getting sick and dying. What was that one from? Do you remember? That was Virginia. Yep. So that, that was Virginia. So in 1996, um, there was a, uh, a flying saucer that crashed into a field near Virginia, Brazil. And uh, a farmer had noticed it. He rushed up to to help, thinking it was people in there, right? And uh, he was shooed away by the military. Um, within days, uh, within the city of Virginia, uh, three girls were passing through an alleyway. And they encountered the extraterrestrial. And then uh, just around the block in that same area, two military uh, officials encountered the being and one of them captured the being and put it in the vehicle. Now within, uh, weeks, I believe it was about a month after, uh, his immune system was very compromised and he, he developed a bacteria infection, uh, as of the, the reports, but, um, something was wrong. He said he felt all right, but something was really wrong with his immune system. Uh, now the being smelled a very, very, um, a very, very strong pungent odor of sulfur mixed with ammonia. And uh, they seem to be of some type of, of other, of some, some other form of life. Uh, of life. So j just for, uh, um, just for the viewer's sake as well, we are not the only form of life. Other, so we're carbon-based life, right? And we discovered about 12, 13 years ago that there's arsenic-based life forms. So that opens up doors to other types of life forms existing that, that might be toxic to us. Like think about like, let's say you encounter some type of mushroom in the forest that might be poison, poisonous. They could have spores. So this military official that encountered this being probably was sick from, from the being and encountering it. And maybe their immune systems didn't just mess, but he passed away because of it. And, and his wife is sure of it. Other other people around him were sure of it. It was just such a coincidence that this incident happened. And then he, he unfortunately died very shortly after. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm inclined to believe that that's what happened, that whatever he got on him is what, you know, caused his immune system to shut down because, you know, it's you're encountering something new. Your body is anyway, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's go back to the to, the, to what we talked about earlier. Um, so. We talked about like Congress has been lied to, right? right? Who's lying to them? So it'd be the different factions, and so the, if we look at the the American government, it's so compartmentalized, right? Um, we look at the history of Area Fifty One. It was originally actually founded as a as a, a place to test nuclear weapons. We originally nobody thought to look um, at Area Fifty One as a place for the Manhattan Project's origins, right? Everybody thought Air Force or CIA, which it was eventually given to the Air Force and the CIA as a joint uh, exercise of, of developing um, these advanced spy planes, things of that nature. But there's so many different factions of the U.S. government. And if you look at Congress, they're the elected officials, right? They're elected by the people. They're essentially civilians that are put to uh, positions in the government. We have to look beyond that and start looking at the more compartmentalized areas. Like only recently we were, we were aware of a uh, things like the NSA. So we're not exactly sure what type of agencies. Um, I haven't uh, dived in too far. I mean, there's 14 hours of testimony from this uh, this individual, uh, David Grush, but I think we're going to learn a little bit more about the politics within the the need to know of the the black government agencies um, that are that are kind of off the books. I mean, even look at Area 51. They don't tell the president anything. He has to go through loopholes just to figure things out, right? So um, I believe there, there are these groups and these agencies form to keep that information away and i think there there's different factions that are that are 
not at war with each other, but the arms race I talked about earlier, right? And it, places like Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, we know there's something strange going on there. Uh, Dole say there's there's always been uh, something going on where we, we think they're, they could be researching or, or possibly looking into something that we don't know. There's so many secrets behind the wall of democracy that um, it's it's really strange to find out that Congress, the people we thought were maybe lying to us about UFOs, are actually also being lied to. Um, and that's something I bring up on, on a lot of my lives where people think that the government knows everything, that they, they're hiding all this from us. But I think that a vast majority of the government are just as much in the dark as us. I think it's just these, it's almost like a shadow government hidden within the government that is is hiding this. And, and who's behind that? We, we don't know. Hopefully this, this reveal or this you know, this whistleblowing will lead us in that right direction, but it, it's kind of, it's kind of spooky. You know, and I always say that uh, I, I I now see why the government doesn't tell us everything. And my, re my main reason for that is because look how we acted with toilet paper, you know, mm. <laughs> we scooped up all the damn toilet paper we could find, Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, then we wonder why the government doesn't want to tell us any damn thing, you know. Well, that but, too, and uh, there's there's a lot of individuals. One thing that drives me crazy on TikTok is uh, the Project Bluebeam conspiracy. That uh, there's a lot of individuals that seem to think that the government is planning to fake an alien invasion with holograms to install a one-world government with uh, with a new religion, which to me just doesn't make any sense at all. Like that just that seems like a trillion-dollar mistake. It would take one mistake for somebody to be like, "Hey, that's a hologram." There's so many better ways for a government to influence or even manipulate a population. Uh, but that is a big issue that I've come across even dealing with comments and things like that. So that to me, also people thinking that these, you know, other intelligent life forms are, are demons. Uh, it, it's, it's kind of frightening. It, it almost feels like we're still not ready for disclosure. And part of me almost wants to say, hey, guys, slow it down. We're still not ready. Let's back it up. But obviously my excitement and my passion for the topic, I'm still like, you know what, Just give it to us now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right about that. It's, it's like um, it, it's the same thing in the Bigfoot world. Uh, people will go automatically to Bigfoot and say it's a demon. You yeah, know? Uh, it's, you know, it's like, you know what? My theory on that is that it's individuals who everybody has their own perception of reality. Right. And when their perception of reality is fundamentally challenged, They'll jump to the first thing that will make them feel comfort, like, oh, it's a demon. This is something that I can I can fight with with my faith or something like that. I think it's just kind of the, the defense mechanism of the mind to to push away the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. And it's unfortunate that I think um, fear plays a big role in that. And it's important for people not to get scared, you know, and, and not to think that everything is out to get them. You know, I think. Uh, you know, you mentioned that earlier. Fear is a uh, uh, is, is a good way to control people. Mm -hmm. you know? It is. It's uh, as as they say in Dune, fear fear is the mind killer, or uh, fear is the right. path to the dark side. If we quote Star Wars, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. yeah. Hey, uh, what do you think about uh, abductions? Is that something that that happens? Is that a real phenomenon? I so abductions interest me a lot because they they're so frequent and so consistent throughout the phenomenon. I have obviously, or I haven't obviously, but I, I have not been abducted, so I can't claim if it's true or not. But just based on the witness testimony, there's so many individuals have almost the same testimony. It's it's powerful. It really is. Um, 
So in, in I'm, I'm not sure if you've ever jumped into some of my lives where I interview uh, individuals who claim to be abducted. And I always try to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I say, this is your truth. You should feel comfortable here when sharing these experiences. I still, I still, I'm very fascinated by it. But what interests me most about it is the physical evidence left behind by these abductions. We look at Dr. Roger Lear, who's done a lot of uh, research and he's done surgeries on these uh, abductees and he's found implants and strange uh, material that seems to be of exotic origin. They send these um, little metal pieces, uh, these implants off to metallurgy labs and they don't know what these things are made of and they look strange and they almost look like some type, not a chip, but something that you'd see in a, in a science fiction where it, it looks like technology, but it's a little, you know, it's just something you would never imagine being found in a human body. It's definitely not organic. Um, so that that's what I'm most interested in, just because with physical evidence, it, it backs up the claims that these abductions really did happen. They're not just night terrors. I'm sure there are some abductions out there that were night terrors, and they, they can be astrewed to that. But then you can reverse the question and go, what if night terrors are just abductions being hidden as night terrors? We're getting into the real philosophical area there, but... Um, right. Yeah, it's uh, it's it, it's a fascinating part of the phenomenon, and if anything, um, I think it would be for the, either their observation or maybe for you know there are theories that they, they are among us and uh, they could be studying us to find out how to camouflage around us. But that that's something that I'm I'm still I I don't know because I haven't seen any like evidence to fully push me into being like, okay, this is hundred percent what they're doing. It's just something I'm kind of feeling around still. I always am skeptical when I'm putting my toes out there and saying, Hey, this is true. This is not true because I try to absorb all from the phenomenon. And then once I'm fully comfortable, I can say, Hey, this is what's going on. Right. Yeah. And uh, I'm the same way. I've, I've talked to a lot of people uh, who claim to be abducted, you know, Actually, quite a few Canadians, as a matter of fact. But <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it it seems like 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 Canada is probably a uh, is actually a pretty good hotspot for UFOs, anyway. Also, but uh, yeah, I uh, I've got friends in uh, I think it's Edmonton out in that area that have you know have had abductions and uh, you know they've sent me pictures and. Uh, even pictures of an X-ray that they had of a of an implant, supposed implant. Like again, you know, they they live in Canada. I'm here in Texas, so it's kind of hard to say, you know, that's a real X-ray, right? But it's it's interesting, and uh, I've talked to people here in Texas, you know, who have told me the same thing. You know, that they've been abducted. You know, there's a uh, uh, who's the one that the, the family? It was here in Dayton, right outside of Houston. That, oh, uh, oh, the fire, the uh, the the with the diamond. Uh, yeah. Yes, that's yeah. one of my favorite stories. Yeah, uh, it was a uh, it was a mother, her mother, and uh, so a mother, oh, grandmother, and her son, and they were driving down a road, and uh, this diamond craft comes out with fire. I don't remember abduction being part. Of oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, no, no. so she touched no. the craft. She got radiation burns, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. And they wind up suing the government because the government was like, "No, that's one of our planes. That was one of our things, right?" Yeah. So now you admitted that's yours. So now they had to pay the people. <laughs> yeah, they 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 were probably like, "Oh no, we have three witnesses. Let's just they, that that definitely taught them because we haven't seen the government coming out and say, "Oh, it was one of our sins." You know, that was probably a, a big a big oops by by them. Yeah, yeah, but uh, that being here in Texas uh, and right outside of Houston, like I said, you know that's that's one of my favorite stories. Uh, another favorite story is the guy that was in the tree 
and he had the robot coming at him, and he was she shot it a couple times with his bow and arrow. Do you remember that? Is this the that Falkville Metal Man? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And it it gassed him a couple times. It, he tied himself. Up. Yeah, it's been a while since I, I've I've read into that one. That one is very bizarre. It almost feels like it's bordering on the cryptid world, and those are some of my favorites too. And it kind of it gets into it, but. Um, yeah, I, I remember it reminded me of the Tin Man from Wizard of Oz a little bit. I'm, I'm a little rough on that story as well, but uh, Betty, Betty and Barney Hill is probably my favorite because that's the first big abduction case, right? And that happened not too far from here either, or from where I live in Canada, which is uh, near Niagara. Uh, yeah. And uh, and that a couple was driving uh, back from their honeymoon, Niagara Falls, and uh, there was... There was a strange craft scene above them. They had reports of missing time. There was physical evidence left behind, which is, is probably my favorite part. There was concentric circles left on the car. Um, and back then, like, this was unheard of, right? So for them to come forward in, in two, I, I know, like, I think this is actually relevant to the case for them coming forward back, but this was back, um, like, 50s, right? So, and they were uh, an interracial couple. So Betty was white and uh, Barney was black and them to come forward and draw that much media attention onto them of, of these wild claims was very brave of both of them, especially in that, uh, that political climate. And um, to, to have the physical evidence concentric circles on the car to have like actual like radiation on them is just, it's absolutely insane, especially that being the first story. And that started opening, opening the can of worms for other abduction stories, which were also very similar the missing time, uh, the physical evidence being left behind, seeing your craft before it, uh, the car mysteriously stopping. It's just, it's all, it's all very bizarre. Yeah. And actually Barney, he was kind of in denial about it. Yes. Yeah. And until he went under uh, hypnosis mm -hmm. after that, you know, I guess he kind of, uh, he, he couldn't deny it anymore at that point, you know, cause he, this story meshed up almost perfect with, you know, with Betty's. They had a little bit, you know, two different uh, abductions. They had a little bit different perspectives of what happened, but it was pretty much the same thing. And uh, so that was pretty interesting. Um, and also, like, I've heard stories of abduction stories of people who've been abducted and come back and they have on, like, somebody else's clothes. Mm -hmm. You know, that was a weird thing, too, or, you know, clothes that don't belong to them anyway, right? Or they're, they're found... Uh, found in impossible places like if they, they park their car and, and it generally happens in, in national parks and things like that where they'll park their car and be found miles away in different terrain um, that is is not even close to it which actually leads in i'm sure you're very very familiar with the missing 411 type cases and then we're really that's where all the it, it feels like all the uh, paranormal and phenomenon starts mixing in where we're getting into the uh the disappearances in the national forest and in the bigfoot right so um that that i love the the hunting into the atmosphere though it does kind of freak me out a little bit you know right right and, and, and yeah I, I love the missing 401 stuff and I, I don't think uh I, I think you get like different groups whether it's the cryptid groups the ufo groups the paranormal groups they'll they have their own opinion right but i think it's a little bit of everything that happens you know and as far as people going missing you know um i, I think there's uh there's a lot of uh stuff that we just don't know about you know and uh, still, even at this point, UFOs and aliens is one of them, you know, even though we're learning more and more every day, it seems like. Um, what do you think about the Pentagon when they when they came out and they were like, you know, look at this, you know, the gimbal video or, or the uh, the Tic Tac video? What did you think about that when they came out and talked about that? Um, I think it was a big step in the right direction just to get the public behind the it. And but it does also frustrate me at the same time that it takes 
uh, media coverage to get the public to start believing people. It's like they won't believe it unless CNN says it. It's, it is a little frustrating because we have these doctors, these scientists coming out and saying, hey, this thing is real, but it takes some uh, media giant to come out and say, hey. And I know it was the Pentagon that came out, but obviously it was, it was CNN, it was Fox News, it was New York Times, all the big uh, media. Obviously, New York Times was the one who broke it, but um, it was a very big step in the right direction. I think it is for that because anybody else who studied the phenomenon, anybody who's even seen UAP knows there's something in our skies that we can explain. They're, they're breaking the laws of physics, but it was just very nice for such a giant government entity to acknowledge it and to say, yeah, we don't know what this is either. Um, it was exciting for sure, um, though it is a little overshadowed for me at this point for what was announced today. Because, I mean, UFOs, even back then, we could have, we could have explained it away by the technological elite, something Eisenhower had mentioned, like maybe some um, group of of elite scientists that have been not scientists, but let's say the elite as in terms of rich, they could be, have been hoarding technology that we're unaware of. It could have been black government projects that we're unaware of. The UFOs could have still been explained by something terrestrial, right? But uh, today, just adding on to that, it's kind of like the cherry on top that now we can look at it as, okay, this is non-human um, intelligence. But yeah, I was, I was very excited back then. I'm still excited now. And I'm glad my dad was around back then. So we definitely enjoyed watching the, there was a spree of new documentaries. The Phenomenon came out. James Fox came out after that. Um, the Bob Lazar documentary came out, uh, which was the last documentary I watched with them. There was just so much exciting, uh, exciting news and, and, content to dive into and uh yeah i probably i wouldn't be here either probably if all that didn't happen back then i think it was all like domino effects leading for me to to eventually be sitting here talking to you joe <laughs> and nathan here has a comment he says perhaps amy allen's psychic medium shit was accurate she claimed aliens have the abilities to travel through the spiritual realm and into the living what do you think about that do you think aliens extraterrestrial beings do they travel through a spiritual realm or are they manipulating, you know, space and time? So great question, Nathan. Um, it, it, it's, it's very, I, I always try to keep an open mind on this because if we look at, let's say what we consider less intelligent life, like let's say a bird or insects, and they're, they're only aware of the reality around them, right? Like certain like an ant might not look up and recognize us as, as life or even intelligent life. And ants are very, um, uh, What's the word? They're very, uh, they're very driven. They're very driven species. So when we look at life, we only look at it through the lens of what we recognize as what life is. And that's generally either bipedal, four legs, you know, insects. And um, we exist in the physical world. And we, we don't have the capabilities to access what's beyond this reality. And who's to say there isn't? Uh, and there is definitely, I mean, look at paranormal. I, I actually didn't believe in ghosts until very recently and i still am very skeptical of it but i've seen some very interesting footage and some very interesting things that make me wonder like what what is this reality really and what what, what do we have the capability of uh breaking in terms of space time now there are some people out there that theorize tom DeLong being one of them and this is where i do agree with him that or i don't necessarily agree but i find it interesting that maybe they've advanced or evolved to the point where they can they can not weaponized, but they can manipulate consciousness in a way that we can't even fathom, um, that they can bend reality in a way that we can't even fathom. And if, if they're, they're moving through a different plane of existence, you know, we, we're, we're giving credence to the interdimensional theory at this point too. Um, I think it, it could be very possible because we only see life as, a, as, as this in, in this box, 
So we need to start breaking the box down and looking outside of it. So it's very possible. Um, and I do think that the paranormal world and the phenomenon is connected in, in certain aspects. Um, for me, it's just finding a little bit more answers. So I, I, I always say I love entertaining the ideas, but until I, I do see a little bit more either physical evidence or um, explanation for it, I, I don't say for sure yet. So it, it's interesting to me, though, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And see, I, I'm the same way. Like, people will put paranormal, Bigfoot, UFOs all in the same box, right? right. They'll say, they, you know, they're all one in the same. Or uh, they'll be able to separate it, but they'll still say, well, they're still, like, Bigfoot can still jump through portals. Bigfoot is still a spiritual being. It's still a paranormal entity or whatever, you know. Uh, I think they're all three separate things, but, you know, until, you know, we, we are able to uh, capture one of these beings and study it properly or whatever. I hate to say the word capture, right? You know? So I, and I, I agree with you there, Joe, except the one thing I've been changing my mind a little, not changing a little bit, but I've been seeing more connection is the paranormal and the UFOs lately. When it comes to Bigfoot, I completely believe, believe in Bigfoot. I think it's totally plausible that there is a primate living in the wilderness that we're just not aware of. And it's, it's, uh, it's just, hiding hiding from us because it, it, that seems totally reasonable to me you know that that doesn't seem as, as far out of, out of the world as let's say you know flying saucers which i also believe right um the ghost stuff is where i do have a little bit trouble getting behind because it's it's not something physical it's not something that you can uh really explain without breaking your concept of reality but it still interests me so i i completely agree though through my studies of, of the phenomenon i'm starting to see a little bit more of a connection and it it, it is something i would like to pursue further though I, I still do separate them i still do keep them separate and that's why you don't see me doing ghost videos on are they really here i have done two bigfoot videos on are they really here but they're kind of big. Okay. Yeah. okay okay yeah i yeah I, I think they're all separate myself uh you know I've, i i lived in a house we had paranormal activity in that house you know uh, my whole family, we all been touched or poked or saw shadow figures, you know, walking around. Uh, and with that, I just don't think it's extraterrestrial. I think it's a spiritual thing or a paranormal thing, you know, really. Um, you know, you brought up another interesting uh, point at the very beginning when you talked about like eight ancient civilizations. Mm. So do you think that there have been civilizations here that had... Uh, uh, technology greater than what we, what we have today? I, I do think so. I think that it's kind of ridiculous to assume that we have a full picture of history. And again, I try to stay skeptical because I don't try to be one of those conspiracy theorists that just claims the the amazing work of historians and archaeologists has, has been for nothing and that they're lying to us. I think that's a little disrespectful for, their, for that portion of academia. Um, but I do think that there is a bigger picture of history that we're missing. And I think that you know, we, we evolved to the point of sentience far past 10,000 years, which is the expected. I mean, we've proven that civilizations existed before 10,000 years. There's been ruins that have been dated 14,000, 15,000 now. They keep moving that bar back. But if we look at things like the pyramids, if we look at things like um, some of the greatest structures of the world, they do seem as if, and I mean, look, we found a, we found a, an ancient Greek computer. Um that in the like legitimate scientists, and this isn't just a conspiracy theory, theory, there is an actual computer that was found from ancient Greeks, the first computer that they think, right? So I think um, it's just kind of, I think we've just, we, we, especially when it comes to academia in terms of ancient civilizations, we're so set on 
not looking beyond the preconceived notions of what was, we're not willing to look outside of that. Um, it, there was this TV show on a while ago. I, it was a documentary, and it was about how long would it take for the world to erase our footprints from from the surface of the earth like let's say society collapses today and in uh, a thousand years some ancient or some alien race comes and, and checks out the planet it's a very small window of time before mother nature and natural events completely erase our existence other than maybe say like small things like plastic or metal right but yet these stone monuments like the pyramids um ziggurats are still left for, for years after. So that to me tells me that we've had a, roughly about 200,000 years of, of possible um, time for civilizations to rise and fall. Um, we've, we've seen structures at the bottom of the Gulf of Mexico that haven't been on the surface for thousands and thousands of years. So I certainly think they that history isn't even close to painting a bigger picture. Now, if we're getting into some of the conspiracy theories like Tartarian, things like that, I don't really subscribe to that because I haven't seen evidence. And I think it's just a lot of a lot of people just making things up, but I, I think there's there's a history that we have yet to uncover, and I'm, I'm fascinated by that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, I, I I love all that stuff. I love the, you know, you mentioned the pyramids. I'm I'm like big into the pyramids and uh, even the conspiracy parts. I love looking at that kind of stuff. It's just it's just fun to watch and listen to, and yeah. uh, you know, uh, it just makes you wonder and it makes you you know, like you said, you know. Uh, seek more uh answers mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah 100 uh, though i don't i when i was like younger and i used to watch ancient aliens i used to kind of buy into every single theory on there i still love mm -hmm. watching the theories but i don't necessarily think they built the pyramids i i just think uh you know there was definitely some visitations from the phenomenon at some point or another but uh you know that that's as far as i know and in a big a big part of me if, if you caught me a year and a half ago i'd have been a little bit less skeptical sounding but for, for my own credibility and accountability i do try to be like that voice of reason in the middle of like the craziness and the realisticness so um just because i want i want to make sure that that people can challenge me online too like on, on are they really here and say hey you know what this is wrong because if, if i can't admit that i'm wrong i can't grow right so that's kind of where where i lie in the middle right yeah and, and that's part of why i do this show is is it just to spew my own thoughts you know it's it's to get good information out there and, and uh at the very least have it be middle of the road you know uh, i i don't try to go too far to the right on one and too far to the left on the other you know because if you're doing that you're kind of forcing stuff down people's throat yeah. and I, I try to stay in the middle of the road and let people decide what they want to decide you know i can tell you my experiences my uh you know my encounters my sightings or whatever and and from my perspective and then but if somebody wants to make a uh their own mind on what happened to me that's fine but i'll never tell anybody else that's not what's you know that's not what happened to you that's not what you saw that's not what you experienced you know mm -hmm. i'll uh you know because that's just not right i don't think you know yeah. i'll uh yeah um so what do you got going on what's what, what's what's up next for you man Are, do you do any investigations or research yourself um so other than just so I do a lot of research in terms of reading, reading books, reading articles, uh, watching videos, trying to debunk them. Um, I, I do go outside and try to UFO hunt. Uh, right now it's a little difficult as I, I do work a full-time job. So I work, I get up every day, work eight to five. Um, and then as soon as I get off work, I immediately go live for an hour and a half, two hours. And then I film uh, two videos for the next day to schedule them out. So right now is my schedule is pretty filled up. 
my eventual goal, I do want to do this full time because this is my passion. I mean, you mentioned like you can see my face light up and other people have mentioned that too. And um, I, I still love my day job, but this is my dream. And I'm living my dream right now. Like I, I told me two years ago, I'd be doing this. I'd be like, you're crazy. You know, there's no way I'm going to make it that far. Right. So my eventual plan, and this is, I, I don't know when I'll be able to do this, but I'd love to do UFO hunting on the road. I want to, uh, I'd love to travel across some of the hot spots in the United States, go through Canada with, with some type of band, get my dog, go UFO hunting, and then also put on like live shows, um, that, like concert halls and things like that, where I can meet some of the people that watch me, meet the fans, we can watch UFO videos on a big screen. I can do interviews with abductees or, uh, let's say a UFO researcher, um, and then, uh, and then see where it goes from there. Eventually, I want to do full-length documentaries as well uh, because I'm, I'm really passionate not just about the UFO side of things but the artistic side as well, um, both uh, both from a production standpoint but also a music standpoint um, and just just really diving into the the journal like the journalism of it. Um, so, you know, my passion isn't just in the UFO. It's it's every area of, of every. So this is why I'm like, this is what I should be doing. Like, this is, I shouldn't be working the 9 to 5. I should be moving towards this because – everything in me is just telling me to do it so that that's kind of like the long-term goal when i can get that up and running i have no idea i mean uh it, it it could be a year it could be two years but that's kind of the eventual goal that's that's what's up next for uh for me and are they really here yeah 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 that's that's the story of my life right now i'm trying to get this thing off the ground uh, uh you know and, and i'd love to do this full time because uh, you know i love doing it and that's uh i think i tell you that's where i got the name beyond the woodline coming from a bigfoot researcher and uh, being in the woods and the forest all the time. Great so, name, by the way. I absolutely love it. It's just, it's, it's perfect. It's like, it's spooky. It's mysterious, but it's adventurous. Like it's just, it, it makes me want to go, go uh, see what's beyond the woodline behind my house right now. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it, man. It's uh it's, it's, it's great stuff. So um, what do you do when you're not doing all this? I like to get the people, you know, an opportunity to get to know you a little bit. When you're not doing the UFO stuff, man, what are you doing? Um, mute music is a huge thing. So music, I would actually say, rivals my passion for UFOs. So this is how insane I am. So since September, while working my full time job and putting out daily videos, I've also record. I've also released twenty five full length songs that I post to my YouTube. They're not great. Like I'm not the best songwriter, but it's something I, I do am passionate about. A lot of them I do use to score the Are They Really Here videos. Um, but I do electronic, I do rock, um, a little bit of rap. My voice isn't great, but I'm working on it. But I've been playing guitar since I was 12, um, self-taught, bass, drums, piano. Uh, not really saxophone. I used to play in grade eight. But yeah, music's a huge, <laughs> huge part of my life. Uh, I have a dog named Watson, two cats. Absolutely. I'm a huge animal guy. Um, so I go on lots of walks with him, hang out with friends, play a little bit of video games, though I don't love it. I feel like video games are kind of just my way of socializing without leaving the house. I don't really enjoy playing them i just kind of do them just to hang out with friends uh, but i'm also a huge movie buff as well um yeah I, i've seen most of the movies on imdb top 250 so yeah that's that's me in a nutshell <laughs> <laughs> so what's like your favorite ufo alien movie uh that's a great question uh close encounters the third time is good close encounters the third kind is a classic i just recently saw nope which everybody's like how did you just recently saw that but my, my best friend had bought uh tickets for for the opening night last year and we were gonna go but i had a an infection and i ended up in the er on on the opening night and so we had to miss it um i was sick as as a dog last summer but uh i finally watched it like two weeks ago and then uh it was great yeah it was it was in it was quite horrific but uh yeah either close encounters or nope um science is really good 
Paul Paul's probably classic just because it's so funny, right? Yeah. Right, right, right. Have you seen Communion? No, I haven't actually. Did somebody else told me to watch that? Yeah, like yesterday on on my life. I got yeah, it. Man, you were, yeah, you gotta watch it. Yeah. Um my my friend from Canada, she uh she told me about it and she's like, Hey, you know, you need to get this, so I got it and I checked it out. It was pretty good. Canadians have good taste, eh? <laughs> yeah, 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 they do. Yeah. Oh shit, man. Uh, so tell everybody where they can find you, your channels, your, your pages, or your websites, or whatever you got. Yeah, pretty much. Are they really here? Without the question, all one word, are they really here on pretty much any any platform? We've got, we're on YouTube, we're on Instagram, we're on TikTok, we're on Facebook, we're on uh, um, Rumble even. Uh, though the, the two differences, Snapchat and Twitter, uh, there's a few named variations, but also the best place to find us on our website, are they really here.com. Most of our social links are attached to there. Um, but yeah, at are they really here on, on pretty much anything? Uh, yeah, I really appreciate uh, yeah the shout out there and and uh, hope to see a lot of you on there. Yeah. Um, what about an email? Like if someone wants to contact you with a sighting or an encounter that they had. Yeah. Um. So all, all of our DMs. So TikTok, our DMs are kind of closed right now. But any any of our pages DMs are open. That's typically where I point people towards. Uh, my email address, which I am working on getting uh, a better email address but it's are they really here pc as in podcast at gmail.com um that's are they really here pc as in like peter charlie at uh at gmail.com um but yeah yeah any any we we love getting fan submissions um we don't always use them just warning everybody because sometimes people send just like one light in the sky and it's like that could be a satellite i can't really post that because you know and also for for the sake of like I need a little bit more meta information. So, you know, we do post the best stuff we get, which is very far and few between, but we encourage anybody if they have great footage to send it into us um, and we'll, we'll review it or even, even stories. Like we, we would love to do, I'd love to do more videos on uh, stories that aren't as known because there's so many of these amazing stories out there. Like, let's say for example, the Travis Walton story that I, I, and those are my favorite videos to make on, are they really here? Those long form like story where I have to, the visuals behind me I, I actually prefer them over ufo uh, videos but um that's an idea if you have any abduction stories anything like that guys love to see it yeah and if you guys can't get a hold of them for, for whatever reason hit me up and i'll uh I'll, I'll rattle the bushes a little bit i'll do the same for bigfoot for, for you joe <laughs> yeah there you go <laughs> yeah yeah you need to look up mike woolley's encounter and uh talk about that you, you you'd like mike woolley and his encounter i, I would um, love that yeah, I would definitely look it up. Um, yeah, so yeah, man, that's it, man. I, dude, I really appreciate you doing the show. We got to do it again, 100%. you know. Dude, and you know, like I said, man, I love your passion, and I think it's a great thing. And I think if you, uh, you, you hold on to that, man. You're gonna do great. You, you, you'll, you're gonna do great. I, I, I know you will. So uh, thank you, Joe. Maybe we, we could go UFO hunting and Bigfoot hunting together someday. There you go, man. Yeah, maybe we'll find a Bigfoot flying a UFO. Who knows, right? <laughs> Also riding Loch Ness Monster, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, with a ghost uh, holding on tight. Let's do it. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, guys, that's the end of the show. Uh, you guys in the chat room, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you guys. You guys always do a great job. And uh, I will see you guys next Monday. I have a show. I can't remember who, who, who's coming on, but I have a show next Monday, of course. And uh, you guys, you know, you guys be good. Treat each other nice. And uh, Ben, man, thanks a lot again. I do appreciate it. I know you're a busy person, so thanks a lot. And if you have anything you want me to share, man, tag me in it. Send it to me, whatever. I'll share the hell out of it, man. Thank you so much, Joe. It's been great.
and hold on real quick. And everybody else, uh, you have a good night, guys.